Welcome back, friends and family, to the Infinite Podcast with Glow. So happy that you're here with me on another wild ride. It, uh, it's been a while. It's been probably a month and a half since I've recorded a podcast, but you guys probably wouldn't know because I had quite a few episodes backlogged that I was able to keep posting. But yeah, it's been a while. Um, and the reason for that is that I moved to Bali. Woo woo. So that happened. And it's been a little over a month since moving to Indonesia. So Grant and I spent five days in our own hotel rooms. And that was an experience in and of itself. That was in Jakarta on another island. And then we got the green light with our COVID test, negative COVID test to fly over to Bali. And yeah, it's been just over a month. It's been a wild ride since getting here. I'm not going to lie. It's been quite a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Um, I guess that's to be expected when you sell all your stuff, say goodbye to your friends and the home you've known for the last couple of years, and then you decide to move across the globe and move uh, to a new country where you don't really know anyone and you don't have anything planned. So I guess that's to be expected um, to feel a bit ungrounded and unsettled for a while. But yeah, it was more, it's been more of a challenge than I expected for sure. We move into our longer term house tomorrow on the new moon, which I'm so excited for. But this entire month we've been like, not fully backpacking it, but it has felt more like backpack vagabonding than fully living you know we've been like eating out every single meal oh my god the food here is amazing and so inexpensive it's kind of mind-blowing coming from Kauai, where it's also amazing food but very expensive and we've been staying in many different places we've been in like little homestays and now we're staying in this little like condominium i guess you could call it and then For two weeks, we took a road trip on our motorbikes all across Bali and explored pretty much the entire island. I mean, okay, no, we did not explore almost the entire island. This island is huge, but we almost circumvented the entire island. So, you know, counts for something. Um, It was a great trip. It really satisfied our intention to gain a broader perspective of where we are and yeah, just have a better idea of like what, where have we settled and what's the culture around us. And we really wanted to have a chance to drop in with more Balinese people and experience the culture and see different parts of the island because Chenggu, where we're living, is like such a bubble. It's almost half westerners i feel like it's very westernized and yeah so we were just excited to get out of the bubble and and yeah wrap our head around like where are we and wow bali is absolutely stunning on one of our adventures we biked 
up Mount Batur, which is one of the volcanoes on the island. It's still an active volcano. And there is a massive crater which blew up however many thousands of years ago. And now inside that crater lives um, a, a dozen or so villages. And then inside the crater is also a lake with another volcano inside of it. And it's this very surreal environment as you go over the ridge at the top of the crater. It's like super cold and cloudy and chilly. And, you know, for the first time we had to find jackets. We had to like purchase some warm clothes when we were up there because it felt like we were up in the mountains. And then we dipped down into the crater and it's stunning nature. It's just really beautiful, um, dramatic mountains and beautiful lake and lots of farming inside of the crater. And one of the days while we were staying inside of the crater, we decided to go to Trunyan village, which is the oldest village in all of Bali. And I was there seven years ago. That was actually the first thing that inspired me to go to Bali was um, hearing about Trunyan village. So this place has a very unique burial process, very traditional. They didn't pick up the mystical Hinduism, which the rest of Bali or most of Balinese people have assumed, nor did they pick up Muslim culture or religion. So they are live in old school out there. And that also includes one of their rituals, which is when their loved ones die in the community, the men put the dead body on a wooden canoe and they go um, about 15 minutes on canoe to the cemetery on the lake. And there's this giant tree that smells so good and fruity and overwhelming with a delicious fragrance that you can lay the bodies down on the ground without burying them. And the smell of the tree overwhelms the putrid smell of rotting flesh. And so that's what they do there. They um, lay their dead just on the ground, on the surface. And so I saw this again for the second time in my life. We went, um, we took a canoe ride with the locals out to the cemetery. And um, these hilarious old, old women were begging from us um, before we got on the boat. Like they literally, like they were about 200 years old, just this quintessential older Asian women with like deep, deep dark lines under their eyes and beautiful eyes that have turned kind of crystal blue from all the cataracts and just gorgeous dark pigmented skin and raggedy traditional clothes and they both have these kind of spindly canes and uh, Grant and I came very unprepared with money to that trip we like forgot that we needed money for things so we barely we barely had any money but we gave them our lunch money we were like okay as soon as the woman started poking me with her cane and like at risk of falling into the trash laden lake i was like okay babe give her our lunch money give her our lunch money these these ladies need it more than we do so that was our 
entrance into Trudian Village, and then we hopped on the canoe and uh, headed over to the cemetery. And as we got to the cemetery, there was about four skulls, four human skulls, greeting us at the entrance, as well as some more locals who were begging for money. And we went inside, paid our dues, and saw this giant tree, which is the good smelling tree. It did smell really good. I I must say it didn't smell like dead people at all. So that was a plus. Um, And it it looked slightly different from the last time I was there. I think maybe they had, had a different orientation of the bodies since the last time I was there. But it was pretty similar. And it's a very somber experience, as you can imagine. Um, just like very quiet and I remember feeling kind of this eerie energy a little bit disturbing and you walk up and there's these um, kind of like triangle cages placed over the dead bodies so that animals can't get to the bodies And, and we slowly and respectfully walked up to the bodies to take a look And there's about four or five bodies there, all at different range of decay from total skeleton to a pretty fresh body, which the guide said he had only been there for about a month. And uh, I don't think I'll get into the gruesome details, but I'll let your imagination fly with that one. And what I found really odd, this was something that stuck with me last time when I went there seven years ago, and I just couldn't understand why, because the Balinese are so caring about making things look beautiful. They're all about beauty and ceremony, and they just seem to be really respectful of things. And I imagine that would carry over to their cemeteries. So when I've been there both times, I've been very flabbergasted to see trash everywhere, like trash coating the ground of the cemetery, so much trash, like food bags and broken pottery and plates and toothbrushes and combs and shampoo bottles and plastic soap, like random, like so much trash. And last time I went there, I thought, you know, I think they must have taken us to the wrong one or not the wrong one but they must have taken us to the tourist trap cemetery because we don't deserve to see like the actual one that they you know treat as their sacred ceremony ground but this time around I we learned something because we were actually with some English speaking guides whereas last time we weren't we had no idea what we were seeing so this time we learned that the dead bodies are put into those cages wearing their favorite uh, ceremony clothes and they are put inside that cage with their favorite foods, with um, the kind of toothbrush and comb that they liked, with all the items and knickknacks that they might want for the afterlife. And then after those bodies are in the cage for six months, and they are decomposed enough, then they get thrown into a pile. The bamboo sticks, the body, the clothes, the trash, the food, the combs, the you name it, it all gets thrown in one miniature landfill pile right next to the bodies. 
So, you know, you look over to your left from the bodies and there's just this mountain of femur bones. Oh, there's a hip bone. Oh, there's a brush. Oh, there's a broken bowl. Like, it's just (laughs) so hard to wrap my head around the fact that, like, that was their version of ceremonially treating these bodies. Or maybe at that point, like, maybe the body isn't sacred anymore. It's just trash um, because the spirit has left. So I, I don't know the nuances of of that, but I just found that really fascinating. So that was one of our amazing experiences in the boonies of Bali. It was a really beautiful trip. We did another little jaunt to a place called Munduk, which is in the middle of Bali. And this is another crater area up in the mountains. So again, super chilly and at 1 p.m. every single day without fail it would get really cloudy and chilly and I had layers but not enough to stay warm it was actually like kind of brutally cold up there I mean I'm being dramatic I'm very accustomed to tropical weather now so it was probably like 60 degrees but that is frigid for me So we went to Munduk, which is the Golden Valley of Waterfalls, and we spent a lot of time hiking and swimming in waterfalls, which is one of my favorite things to do. It's just so invigorating and empowering to stand under the power and the pressure of a waterfall. And um, I didn't even go underneath it. Some of these waterfalls were so tall that... I think that would have been a pretty dangerous move to like put my head under that spout so even just being four feet from the falling waters like crazy winds and so much water gushing out everywhere so we had some really fun adventures there and then we returned to Chenggu a couple days ago and We're really settling in. Very much looking forward to having a home base, um, an office, and just feeling like I'm home. Feeling like I'm not just a traveler, not just a vagabond. I think in my first episode I talked about how like I'm ready to put my roots down and live a more comfortable life. And uh, I've done so much traveling and backpacking and vagabonding the last decade and I'm like okay it's time to enjoy more creature comforts and uh, yeah just be a little bit more subtle and so very excited for that like I was saying uh, it's been a, a very challenging month since arriving not only have we been physically kind of uprooted and moving housing locations and we don't really have many friends yet and just feeling physically ungrounded, but also emotionally, um, it's been a challenging time because I I just had so much momentum going when I was living in Hawaii. Um, I was earning more money than I've ever earned in my entire life, which was feeling so good. And, you know, I had so many beautiful relationships and I just, life was predictable there and then to suddenly leave all that and to feel like I just dropped off the momentum of everything even my daily practice it kind of stopped 
I'm sure you guys know what that's like when something changes pretty significantly in your life. It can be hard to keep doing your morning routine or, or just things that make you feel sane and grounded. So I had so much come up, so much shadow the last few weeks. Just was feeling very insecure and so much fear coming up, like not being afraid that I wasn't going to be taken care of, like financially being afraid that this fear of socializing and having to make new friends, just being unsure about so many things. But mostly I think it came down to work and finances because I left so much of my income streams back in Kauai and I was like, shit, did I make a terrible mistake leaving? Because I was doing great. For once, I finally felt like I was becoming financially free and confident. I was going in a great trajectory and now I suddenly feel like I don't know how to make any money and that triggered some deep primal root chakra instability, right? Because it's like survival, money. In this day and age, money is equivalent to survival, right? It's like if I don't have money, how am I going to pay for rent? How am I going to feed myself? How am I going to do all the things that I need and I want to do? So that was a big um, trigger that was coming up for me. It was just not trusting my money, not trusting my ability to receive money. And um, yeah, that was intense. So about four days ago, I started doing breath work, 45 minute holotropic breath work sessions. And I decided to do it three days in a row. And I'll probably do another podcast episode about breath work because it's been so life-changing for me. But to make it short and sweet, this breath work sessions that I did the last couple of days have been so emotionally cleansing, so energetically cleansing and detoxifying. I just feel like I released so much that was holding me back and burdening me and just in my way like just so much bullshit was just in the way of me having clarity of my life and my gifts and why I'm here and just emotionally blocking me from like enjoying life and having a good time and like remembering the purpose of life is to play and enjoy and be love and inspire and just be be happy feel good And so I'm really grateful to this breathwork practice. Another thing that it inspired in me um, has been a new chapter of vulnerability. In the last couple of days, I've been sharing more, especially on Instagram, sharing a lot of my heart and soul without all the filters, you know, I'm used to doing so many filters and just sharing what I think people will want to hear and what I think will be acceptable, but I've started to take it to the next level and share things that feel risky. I'm like, fuck, this is really scary to share this or, oh no, are people going to think I'm this or that or like, is my mom going to reach out to me and be all worried and, you know, just all these questions coming up but it's been feeling so freaking good to step into this new chapter of vulnerability and this beautiful breath work has 
opened up my eyes to a new offering that that I've been called to create and that is what I'm calling at this point vulnerability circles or vulnerability space and this is a weekly space that I'm holding where people of all different types ages genders backgrounds can come together and have a really safe space to be present with what's alive for them and we get to just share what's on our hearts um, share what we're going through share whatever feels alive and vulnerable things that we might not usually feel comfortable talking about because in like normal conversations there's like an acceptable range of depth to conversations I find and so I believe that it's really important to have these spaces where it's not only okay but it's encouraged to drop into a deeper level and like it's encouraged to open up your heart and know that you're going to be seen and heard and not judged for what you're going to say and it's it's not really a space of like feedback or coaching or anything like that. It's really simply just a space to express and be seen and be heard. And, and in doing that, I've found that one, we're able to oh, get things off of our chest, you know, like release. Ooh, when we speak things out, that is so powerful. Things that we're holding in as secrets within ourselves, it can really weigh us down, I've found. And when we get it out, it can be such a relief to have it out there. And two, I find that it can be very connective when we have these kinds of spaces and circles where you hear other people sharing their heart and their soul, and then you do the same. And the bonds that are created in those settings wow those are so powerful and this is you know some of my favorite kinds of interactions um i'm a scorpio sun and i love going deep i love going deep into the shadows into darkness also into the light but i believe that we can only express as much light as we are willing to accept our shadow and be present with our shadow and so this isn't just a space to like be dark and talk about our shadow. It's also a place to joy. Joy can also be extremely vulnerable. So positive emotions can also be extremely vulnerable to express. So just the whole spectrum. So I'm very excited to start teaching that. The first one is a couple of days from now on Monday, June 14th, I believe. I think that's Monday. And yeah, it's going to be a weekly occasion and very much looking forward to this space and see what comes out of it. All right, my friends, I'm going to keep this episode brief today. I've got a dance hall Afro class that I'm going to, which speaking of vulnerable, fuck, it scares me <laughs> just having to be seen um, while I try something I'm not very good at. Um, scares me a lot, but I have a lot of fun doing it, so it's worth it for me. I just went the other day for the first time, and it was great. It was a crazy workout. It was also a crazy brain workout, trying to memorize so many steps so quick. And then the most 
terrifying part was at the end the teacher made us do it five at a time in front of the whole class without her showing us and I feel like I totally made a fool of myself but I'm sure nobody cared at all except for me so speaking of vulnerability um that's something that it's funny when we have things that like we dread but then we know afterwards we're gonna feel great and proud of ourselves it's one of those things for me so Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I promise I will be recording more podcasts very soon as I'm settling into my new home. And thank you for being patient um, with the little delay in the podcast episodes. I really, really, really appreciate you being here. Appreciate you spending and sharing your sacred time with me on this podcast and if you enjoyed this episode please 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 consider putting a rating on apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to leaving a rating and a review i would greatly appreciate that share this episode with your friends and make sure to come back soon i hope you guys have a beautiful day